Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Kristen Bowen. It took a complete health crash to lead Kristen Bowen to create Living the Good Life Naturally in 2002. Autoimmune issues and a series of failed surgeries left Kristen bedridden and depressed with daily seizures. Through research and looking for outside-the-box solutions, she discovered that to regain her health, she needed to build a strong foundation. That foundation included food as medicine and the number one building block for optimal health, magnesium. She discovered that oral magnesium was not effective and began using liquid magnesium as a foot soap, finding that the body could utilize it more effectively. That is so interesting. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Oh, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here with you today and talk. Yes, yes. So I don't know anything about this. You call it transdermal magnesium or the soaking magnesium. And I am very excited to find out about this. So, but just so people can get to know you, um, why don't you talk about yourself for a minute? You know, where you grew up, how you started out. Sounds like you had quite a journey. So I'd like to hear the journey. Okay, so let's go back to, um, I had just had, we had just adopted two children from the foster care system and I had just delivered baby number four. So we went to a family of six children. And after that baby was born, I started having bladder problems. I had gotten the okay to go ahead and get back to my exercise, which I was very excited. I'm someone that depression has been hardwired as part of my journey. And so that exercise is key for me. So I was so excited. And then I would exercise and I would have bladder issues. And I was like, this is not cool. <laughs> this, what do I do? So I called my older sisters. They were the fountain of all knowledge for me. And they said, oh, you just had baby number four. And so your bladder's gotten weaker. You just need to go into the OBGYN and they'll, you'll have a surgery done that'll type your bladder and everything will be fine. So I made that appointment, went in, they were right, did the surgery and on the table, something happened. My heart stopped. I was coded several times and I started having seizures. And so this very simple procedure ended up being this three and a half year loss of my life. I have, I don't have actually a lot of memories of that time. I don't have memories of that last little baby growing up um, because I was just in a fog. I ended up on feeding tubes, on catheter, colostomy bag. I was in a wheelchair. I was having seizures. My husband actually took a leave of absence. You know, we just brought in these two foster care children that were literally born of our heart. They were meant to be in our family and they needed real security. And we had chaos going on. So my husband took a leave of absence and we just went from doctor to doctor. My husband kept saying something happened on that table. And he even thought maybe a sponge, you know, you hear of these random things being left inside. Maybe, maybe they left a sponge inside of her. And we never, um, we'd go to the doctors and we just couldn't put those pieces together. And so it got to a point where financially we had lost almost everything. My parents had to step in and actually keep us from going bankrupt and losing our home. 
And so he went back to work. They had to reassign him. So we had to move to a different place. And he was pretty desperate. You know, there was these six children that need, needed to be raised. And he had a pretty non-functional wife that was incredible high maintenance care. And he needed to go back to work to provide financially for our family. And he was listening to a radio show and a physician's assistant had a radio show and he was talking about out of the box solutions and, you know, not that mainstream one pathway of thought. And my husband thought, you know what, he'll listen to us. I'm, I want to call him. I want to talk to him. So we ended up making an appointment. And as we told him all of the symptoms, he said, I have no idea what this is or what's happening, but I love solving puzzles and I'm going to research. I'll get back with you. Now, we'd never had someone say, I have no, I have no idea. They always tried to give us this diagnosis. So it gave us a little bit of hope that he was willing to be open and, and willing to research for us. So long story short, it ended up being what's called Melissa syndrome, which when they did that bladder surgery, they used titanium screws to put the cadaver graft to hold. It's like a sling that holds the bladder. They don't do it that way anymore, but at the time that was the way they did it. And at the time, the thought was the current medical thought was titanium is inert, meaning it will cause no issue. But we know now that's not true. There's about 3% of the population that has an allergic reaction to titanium. And that's what happened to me. And it just short circuited my system. And so at that point we had to make a decision and I say, we, I was out of it. I don't remember this decision being made. My husband went to my mom and he said, I can't make this decision without you because the last time she was on the table, we almost lost her. And so him and my mom decided my quality of life was so non-existent and we just weren't finding solutions that taking that big of a risk was appropriate. So we went in, had the titanium screws taken out, and I knew coming out of that surgery, I felt better. I could remember my name. I could think. I could talk. I just, my thinking was starting to come back together. And even though I felt better and it made such a difference, I was still at 72 pounds. I was still, you know, not able to eat foods. I had tons of chemical sensitivity. So even though it put me in the right direction, I was still a wreck. And so it was through the process of putting my health back together that I learned about magnesium and it made such a difference for me. And so it was through that journey that looking back, I don't ever want to go back to that ever, but but, but, but I learned so many powerful lessons and was able to build a strong foundation instead of chase symptoms with that magnesium. Wow. That is quite a story. So, um, you had just had a baby when this all started uh-huh. and then how old were your other children? The oldest. Um, so we had six at the time. The oldest was 13. The oldest was 13 when it happened. Wow. And, and your husband just had to take care of those kids and he did take care of you. And I just can't even imagine that. 
I, we, I went through a period of time. I was insulated during that trauma in that I didn't realize how bad it was. So I was almost in a way protected from how traumatic it was for my children. And so when I got better, it was actually in some ways harder for me because it was such a realizing and recognizing my goodness, my children, you can see the trauma on their faces. And I hit a really low point. I, I became very suicidal. What I'd done to my family financially, um, what I'd done to them mentally, emotionally. And my husband said to me one night, he said, I want you reaching out to all of your kids. And at that point, they, many of them were adult married out of our home. And I reached out to each one of them and I said, I am really struggling with what I did to our family. I want you to tell me your experience. Tell me, was there anything that you learned from that? Is, is there anything I need to take responsibility for? You know, I, I want good communication about this so we can move forward as a family and really heal. And it was so interesting, all of them. Every single one of them commented that their greatest gift was discovered during that hard time. So for example, my oldest son is a financial investor and it is his passion. And he said, mom, I found my passion and love for finances because it was something I could help dad do. I could mm -hmm. step up and say, dad, this bill needs to be paid. And he is so good at what he does and he makes such a difference for families. And he found that during that hard time. And a daughter, she said, mom, my love of cooking and my ability to create amazing food came from the fact that sometimes the cupboards would have hardly anything in it. And I had to learn how to make something that tasted good to, and I saw the comfort that it brought to my siblings. And so the crash was horrible. I don't want to live through it again. At the same time, we found our gold, <laughs> that crash, we found our passions, and we were able to become better people because of that crash. Yeah. And then as you were coming back and feeling, you know, better, you know, physically, and I'm sure emotionally and all the ways, it's almost like um, you weren't there for a little while as, as far as being a married couple. So when you actually started feeling better and coming back, was it like starting over again or was it like teenager stuff or how, 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 oh. how did that happen? How did that look? I love this question. And I, I got a little bit of the giggles. Nobody has ever asked me this before. And in my marriage, it was a huge transition because he'd taken everything over. You know, he, he had to, I was non-functional. He'd taken everything over. And then all of a sudden I wanted to take it back and excuse me, I'm doing it my way. And so, and then he was like, no, that, you know, I've, I'm doing this. I do this. For example, grocery shopping. I'm a little random when I grocery shop and I'm like, boom, 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 boom. Oh, look at this over here. Look at that over here. And he's very linear. You go down this aisle, it's alphabetical. You grab what you need. And so we did have a real transition period and much to my husband, it, it literally, I credit him in his communication style and what he's taught me of how to communicate at a deeper level 
we just, anytime there was frustration, we had one day a week. Uh, for us, it was on Sunday evenings when we'd plan for the next week and he'd say, okay, let's talk. What came up this week? Where, where do we need to figure out this balance of rebalancing how we do things? Mm-hmm. I grew up with a mom and, and it was little things. It was nothing huge. I grew up with a mom that did laundry a very specific way. And that's how I did laundry. And he just threw everything in together. And I was like, no, you sort it. You, you <laughs> have the delicate, you have the whites. And it was just little things like that, that we really had to refigure out what works for us now. And some of the things I let go of, and he still does. And some of the things I took back, and then some of the things I'd done before I let go. So it was a real rebalancing act that I'm really grateful we had that communication day set up that there was, and our rule is there's no reaction. When there's that level of communication, you're listening, you're not reacting. And it really saved my marriage because there was a lot of little things just, and differences in how we approached doing those things. And I was so excited to be able to do things again and wanted to do them. And then he was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm doing that. I've got it covered. I'm doing it this way. And so there was some real deep communication that had to happen so that our marriage could thrive again. Got it. And what about on the romantic front? So that done without whatever, if you weren't well, nothing, nothing, there had been nothing for that three and a half years. And then, and I didn't come out of the surgery, just boom, I feel great. I still had so, you know, my exhaustion, my adrenals were wiped out and, um, I didn't sleep well. I had a lot of autoimmune that had kicked in during. And so that was definitely a rebuilding process. And again, I, I married really well. I made an awesome choice. Like I did. I married really well. And when that needed to start happening again, I, I had always taken my value from what I did. So I had value because of the things I did. And so when you can't do anything for three and a half years, my value in from my filter and my perspective, it was tanked. I had no value. And when a woman, for me, my experience was when my value had dropped to that level, my value in being a sexual partner had also dropped. And so I felt I had nothing to give. And so again, it gave us an opportunity to really create some healing in that relationship. And I had come from a background of being sexually abused. And so it brought up some of those issues. And again, we were able to communicate and become stronger because of that. But it it was a longer process than what I thought. But I love, I've I have been interviewed by magazine, by so many different people. I've never been asked that question. And I love the fact that you had the insight to think, wow, that was probably a transition because it was huge. Yeah, it, it had to be. I just can't even, like I said, I couldn't even imagine the whole thing that happened with you. And so you obviously you got better and better because you're doing these podcasts and yeah. getting out there and sharing what you learned. So how did you discover the magnesium? Was it through that doctor that wanted to do the research? No, or? Mm-hmm. no, he, 
we are grateful to him that he did that research and learned about Melissa syndrome and was willing to take the titanium out. But that's after that happened, he wasn't focused on helping me thrive. He just helped me to get out of that crisis. And so I was still chemical sensitivities. I couldn't be around anyone who had perfume or scented lotion. I couldn't ga put gas in the car. The smell would just wipe me out. And I was still really struggling with food um, that I'd have so many reactions to food. And I was like at 74 pounds and I'm five, seven, and that is not a healthy weight for someone who's five, seven. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to put the calories on and I was really struggling with digestive issues. And I had a really good friend friend who brought magnesium over. And she said, Kristen, I want you to soak in this magnesium. And well, she said, I've got some magnesium for you. And I said, Oh, no, 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 no. It makes me so sick. My stomach and my gut were so ripped up. I couldn't take oral magnesium. And she said, No, 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 you don't take it in a pill, you soak in it. And I'm like, you what? What, what do you mean you soak in it? She goes, think about it. You know, we have hormone patches we put on our skin. When people want to stop smoking, they put a cessation patch on their skin. She said, you can take this mineral up through your skin and you won't get those negative side effects that oral magnesium gives you. And it helps get you to cell saturation. And I was like, what is that? I had never even heard of that because I knew magnesium was important, but I was like, take the magnesium pill. Okay. I took my magnesium for the day. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful to her because she really educated me on, you know, your magnesium needs are different than my magnesium needs because magnesium being that master mineral, how you burn it is different than how I burn it. Stress levels, sugar intake, sleep habits, alcohol, medications, foods, all determine how much magnesium we burn through. And so it was game changer for me the very first time I soaked. It was like, what is this feeling in my body? And I want more of it. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me more about that. What did you feel? Did you just feel energetic or... So the very first time for me, and please realize whenever anyone soaks, their experience is very individual to their journey. Magnesium shines the light on what your body needs. Magnesium is the chill pill mineral. It relaxes you, restores adrenal health, and it also energizes. And so some people get very relaxed when they take magnesium. Some people get very energized when they take magnesium. And some people, magnesium actually trashes them if they don't have enough potassium in their body. For me, that very first time, it was deep relaxation. It felt like somebody was giving me an internal massage to my whole body and just restoring. And it's, I love watching people soak for the first time because some people experience that some people don't experience anything the first time they soak because they've got to soak a couple times and get their levels up before they start to experience the benefit. And so literally how much potassium you have, how much boron you have in your body, how functional your thyroid is, all of that plays a role in how you experience magnesium, uh, a magnesium soak the first time. Got it. 
And does the length of time make a difference? It does. So living the good life naturally, my company was literally kind of created itself. I never intended to start a business. People started coming to me and asking because obviously I'd gone from this person that was in a wheelchair with her head being held up to feeling better and starting to do things and be more active. And as people started coming to me and I'd share the magnesium with them, they had questions. And I really, part of my value system, I did not, because I'd been there, my family had lost so much financially, emotionally, mentally, time-wise, and I didn't want to just oh, you know, soak about this long. I wanted data. I wanted to know exactly how long does someone need to soak? And so we started doing some research and we used thermal imaging and with thermal imaging, because the lymph is what uptakes that magnesium in your body. Mm -hmm. And so we use thermal imaging and you can watch the magnesium go up through the body when you do it, when someone's soaking. And so as what we found through testing is 20 minutes minimum. And I tell my kids and my clients, if you don't have 20 minutes, you're really wasting the magnesium because you need 20 minutes for your body and your lymph system to start pumping that up. And in 45 minutes after you test that water, you've utilized about 98% of the magnesium. So in the first 20 minutes, you've utilized about 80%. And then at 45 minutes, you've utilized about 98%. And so for me, my goal is minimum 20, maximum 45, but realizing you can soak longer than that. You're just not getting any more of that benefit of the magnesium. Okay. Well, that answers my question because, you know, you sent me that wonderful care package with the magnesium and I, on Sunday, me and my boyfriend climbed the mountain and I'm telling you, Monday, I was I was sore. So I said, okay, I'm going to get the magnesium that she sent me. And I'm going to, and I put some Epsom salt and I put it in the bath and I put on a movie. And so I was like in there for like almost two hours. You know, however long a movie is an hour and a half. <laughs> I love it. So I'm like, I'm in this. I'm thinking, I hope it's, you're not supposed to, if it's, you know, if you go too long, if, yeah. if it's a problem. So no, but let's talk about the Epsom salts and the magnesium that you soaked in, because I think it's really important for people to understand my goal with magnesium is cell saturation. And that's where every one of my red blood cells is surrounded by the magnesium that my body needs. So Epsom salts, people will say, well, I use Epsom salts. Why do I need to soak? If you're wanting optimal health, optimal hormone function, thyroid balance, digestion, brain function, pancreas, heart, all of those things that magnesium is so crucial for, then we want cell saturation. We know how beneficial Epsom salts are. They are fabulous for sore muscles, but there's not enough magnesium to get you to cell saturation. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I throw like you did after your mountain hike, I throw Epsom salts into the bathtub with the magnesium chloride, because the magnesium chloride does not have sulfates. Mm -hmm. Sulfates are powerful for your liver, the Epsom salts do. So the magnesium chloride can get you to cell saturation. And the Epsom salts are a boost of sulfates while you're soaking in that beautiful magnesium. 
Okay. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I went right to sleep after that. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so um, what kind of things would people use the magnesium for? Is there certain like illnesses or things or just like lack of energy? What kind of things, why would you soak in that? So first off, we need to look at the latest studies and they're showing that 95% of America is deficient in magnesium. So 95% of us are walking around, not just a little off in our magnesium, but deficient in magnesium and magnesium is a spark plug. So you can have all the hormones that you need. But if you don't have magnesium, those hormones aren't communicating with each other to function at peak ability. And so one of the things I like to do before 2020, when I used to travel around and teach magnesium classes is I'd say, okay, raise your hand and share with me something, some illness or disease that you're focused on. And people would throw things out every single disease as you trace it back to where it started, it started with a magnesium deficiency. And so starting at where the problem started makes it that you're not chasing symptoms for so many years. I'd work on my hormones for a while because I was having some hormone issues and then I'd give that up. Okay. Now I'm going to focus on my thyroid and I do things for my thyroid. And it just makes such sense to me not to chase those symptoms, but start where the problem started and build that strong foundation and then determine what symptoms you have after you've built that strong foundation. And so magnesium is like the spark plug in your body and it just starts all those different processes. ATP energy, autoimmune is a deficiency in magnesium because the cell gets dirty and can't clean it out. Um, migraines are a magnesium deficiency, digestion issue, peristaltic action that started with a magnesium deficiency, low vitamin D. You cannot get low vitamin D unless your magnesium tanked first. And so it goes back to the root of all of those problems. And let's fix where the problem started and build those magnesium levels up. Now, it seems like when God created us, he would make us so that, you know, we would have the things we need in food or whatever. So why is it that everyone's deficient and we're not getting it in our food or from something, <laughs> something so, that we naturally intake? <laughs> right. Our, this is one that I think is so important in that plan A, we should not have to be supplementing with magnesium. Our grandparents did not have to supplement with magnesium because they could go to the grocery store and buy a red bell pepper and it did not even have to be organic and they could eat that red bell pepper and get loads of magnesium. Now we go to the grocery store, buy an organic red bell pepper. There's not even trace amounts of magnesium. Our food, because of the way the commercialized, over-industrialized, over-synthetically fertilized food, it's dropping the nutrition levels. And so I think it's so important as we create optimal health that we remember two things. And one is grandma wisdom. Mm -hmm. Eat your vegetables, drink water, get to bed on time. 
do something good every day, say, you know, just those basics that all of us know, and we have to stay current with what's happening in our society. And currently in our society, many of us are eating too much sugar, too many processed foods. And when you do those two things, you take a magnesium, a body that's already low in magnesium and the increase of sugar and the increase of processed foods takes you even lower. And then you have a pregnant mama who is low in magnesium and she goes into labor, which decreases her magnesium level. And she gives birth to a baby that doesn't have enough magnesium. And then that baby gets acid reflux because acid reflux, the first thing that goes off is magnesium. That sphincter from the esophagus to the stomach is dictated by magnesium, how it opens and closes. And so then it's just like this perpetual decrease of magnesium. And so we need to look at lifestyle. We need to look at mindset. We need to look at food choices and until all of those are put back into place like they need to be, we need to go to plan B for magnesium and make sure that we're supplementing with it and staying current. And hopefully in a few years, we will have resupply the magnesium in our soils as people start waking up to the problems with farming and what's happening as we go to these, you know, these great big farms and we'll start having choices of better quality foods. But until then, we have to step in and supplement with magnesium if we want optimal health, optimal thyroid function and optimal energy. Got it. So that was you're talking that brought up a question. So should we be soaking babies in magnesium? So when my <laughs> little grandbabies started being born, we have seven um, grandchildren and that first one was born and I saw some signs of magnesium deficiency. And that was my question, like, oh my goodness, the acid mantle of that baby's skin is so fresh and new. It's not appropriate to put that new baby in magnesium what do I do? My grandma heart was like, oh, I have to step in and make this better because this grandbaby needs magnesium. And so that's when we created the magnesium lotion. And it's a very gentle baby, infant, newborn appropriate way to get more magnesium when their acid mantle is so fresh and new and fragile that, and that acid mantle is part of their immune system. And so we don't want to be soaking those new babies. Now, once they get a little bit older, we can soak little ones, but not, not that first six months, their acid mantle on their skin is developing and we don't want to disrupt that. And so the magnesium lotion is a beautiful fit to get those babies and their magnesium levels up. Okay. Well, yeah, that answers my question. And, um, I actually have a granddaughter who is two and thought, well, we're oh. in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the thing is about children is, now my baby girl will always be my baby girl, but she's in graduate school <laughs> and she's six feet tall. And so go by their height. And so I always like to say just a nice rule of thumb. If they're your waist or above, do a quarter cup of the magnesium. Mm -hmm. If they're below your waist, they only need a, an eighth of a cup. 
of magnesium and your body can only uptake a certain amount of magnesium. And so doing more doesn't move your numbers faster. And so I literally with that magnesium jug, I take a little plastic measuring cup and I glue it on the lid because invariably if people just pour it and eyeball it, they use the magnesium too fast. And so I just put, I glue it on so they can't lose it. It's always there, but an eighth a cup for little ones and a quarter of a cup for adults. Okay. Well, that is wonderful that, you know, we can use it at virtually any age. Yes. And what kind of um, things have you noticed in people who are older 70s 80s oh. 90s so as we as they get wiser and older those magnesium levels really start to drop and the beautiful thing about magnesium is it's the only mineral that actually lengthens the telomeres at the end of your DNA sequencing. And those telomeres determine how you age. And I was really impacted by this when my grandfather was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. He was the wisest, kindest, most generous soul. And we had him physically but we had no access to any of his beautiful gifts or stories. And so I really became focused on what can I do to be healthy now and determining how the end of my life is going to be. And so anytime that we can get them to soak in magnesium, it helps with that ATP energy and it helps with adrenals. It helps with brain function. And it's crucial because as they age, they actually need more magnesium, but a lot of them are on medications and medications actually decrease your magnesium levels. And so we need to make sure that we're stepping in and offsetting that. But I have to say, I, it's, as I talk, I never want to come across like magnesium cures everything because it does not. It, I'm not saying someone is going to soak one time and this is going to be cured and that's going to be cured. It does build a strong foundation for you to create optimal health. And it does kick in all of the processes that your body needs to start getting healthier. So I want to make sure I'm really clear on that. I, sometimes I sound like Ron Pope of that. Um, remember that I think it was an infomercial and it slices, it dices, it shreds, it does everything. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I sound like Rod Pope. Um, it is beneficial and it's where that problem started, but just soaking in magnesium is not going to solve every single problem. It does start to put those things back together though. And people will say, Kristen, I slept so much better. Or Kristen, my period cramps were not as bad. Or Kristen, my nausea and my pregnancy, I soak and it was better. Almost within 10 to 15 minutes, the nausea was better. And so we've gotten feedback for almost 20 years from thousands of people soaking and the benefits as it gets their body closer to being a cell saturation. Yeah. And what kind of effects does it have on your brains and, and your nerves? So magnesium with nerves, it helps to strengthen the pliability of the nerves and it helps to make them more flexible. So it's crucial with nerve function. Absolutely crucial. 
Now we've been talking about soaking and I talked about, you know, taking a bath with it, but you don't necessarily have to take a bath with it. No, you don't. In fact, we found my husband is a recent, unexpectedly, a recent double amputee. So he's BTK below the knee amputee. And we could not get his magnesium levels up and he's soaking in the bath now. And here's what we realized. And then we did some testing to confirm it. Your feet act as pumps. So he's in the bathtub and we're soaking, but he doesn't have feet anymore to act as a pump to uptake the magnesium. And so his numbers are not moving like they used to. And so your feet are the pump for magnesium. So you can soak in a bowl. Just a, I do it a lot of times when I'm working on the computer, I'm preparing a class, I'm FaceTiming a grandchild. I'll just have the bowl at my computer desk and slip my feet in and soak for the 20 minutes. Now you can do a bath and I love a good bath ritual and the long movie and mm -hmm. you know get that going, but it doesn't have to be. In a bowl is or in a bath is not more efficient than the bowl. And I thought that it would be because more of your body is exposed, but it's your feet. That's what really pumps up that magnesium through your body. Wow. That is really interesting. I was just curious. Do you have a bowl under your desk right now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do. I just, I keep one right there. And I told my husband one day I'm going to have an office that I have a spigot that just comes right from the wall that I can, so I don't have to hold, you know, haul my bowl. I can just turn this spigot on and the water goes and it'll have a little drain and I can empty it. But at this point I don't have that, but I do keep a bowl and we want to remind people don't soak in plastic because when you soak in plastic, it cuts the uptake of the magnesium. And we found this 100% on people that we would take the same water, the same magnesium, the same person, they would soak in plastic and you'd see nothing move through the thermal imaging. You take that water, you'd pour it into a glass bowl, take the same person, move their feet over to a different bowl. And within two minutes, the magnesium was moving up through their body. And I've gone to scientists, I've gone to doctors, I've asked anybody that I can think of to ask why, what is happening. No one's been able to answer that is all I know is when you soak in molded plastic bowl, it, your body doesn't uptake the benefit of the magnesium. So I just use a glass casserole dish, you know, a nine by 13 that you can find at any big box store. Okay. Yeah. So just stay with the glass and that'll work yeah. for you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you're talking about the magnesium, but people might not have an idea of what you're talking about. Are you talking about salt, like Epsom salt or a liquid or? So magnesium is magnesium chloride and it comes, there are so many different types of magnesium chloride you can buy. And again, my filter is getting to cell saturation. Your body needs magnesium so drastically that it will pull from your pancreas, from your bones, from your brain, from your heart to keep your blood at 1%. Because if you're not, you're dying. That's how important magnesium is. And so I don't want to test the serum to just see if I'm about to die. I want to test the red blood cell to see 
um, where I'm at for optimal health. And so is what happens is it will pull from those other areas. And so my goal is cell saturation. That, that is my filter and goal with magnesium. And so the types of magnesium that you use are crucial. And this is actually what started the business in that the magnesium that I had, my girlfriend had purchased for me. And then I started to purchase for myself and my family and anyone who would listen to me. I'm like, you've got to try this. It's amazing. Here, I'll give you some. And it quit working. It just, it wasn't, we weren't seeing the benefit anymore. And my husband's a heart guy. And it was like, oh, this isn't good. And I called the company, talked to the company, went back and forth a lot with the company and come to find out that FDA does not require you to put that you're adding water to that magnesium chloride. And so it can be watered down. And that's when I turned to my husband and said, please, can we import the magnesium so that we can use the magnesium that has made such a difference for our family? And then it was a couple of years ago that a company started a magnesium chloride and it was super inexpensive, like so inexpensive. And I had a lot of clients saying, Kristen, that's cheaper. Like we're going over there. And I'm like, Oh, I, I can't sell this at a higher price if they can get the same thing cheaper somewhere else. And so we got some and it was manufactured in a lab. And when it's manufactured in a lab, it doesn't have the cofactors and it doesn't move your red blood cell numbers. So when you're buying magnesium, it's crucial that you know the heavy metal content. I could buy it in Utah or Russia. It would be pennies on the dollar, but it would have very high heavy metal and your body uptakes that. And we know we don't want heavy metals in our body. And you can also, you need to know, have they added water? What is the saturation level of this magnesium? And does this magnesium, is it manufactured in a lab? And that answer needs to be no. If you're like me and your goal is moving your red blood cell numbers. Got it. So where do you get your magnesium from? So we import it from the Zextine C currently, and that could change eventually, but currently they have the cleanest source of magnesium. It's in the Netherlands. And so we import it from there. And our family, we're a small family owned business. And my daughter is actually, she runs her team at our warehouse and manufacturing plant. And our family fills that magnesium. And so our promise to our clients is we will never water it down. We will always use the highest saturation level that there is. And currently that's 31%. Sometimes it goes up to about 35%, depending on the batch that comes in, but it never drops below 31%. And it will always be from the cleanest source available, which right now is the Zextine C. So I'm sure there are people listening who would like to try this magnesium. So how do they find you? How do they find your website or how, how do they get this magnesium? Okay. So the easiest way to do that is to go to livingthegoodlifenaturally.com and you can click on products. And then when you go to that magnesium page, my husband created this super long <laughs> information. So there's tons of, of just different information on that magnesium. Another thing that they can do is they can text 
um, MAG30 to 474747. And I always recommend people starting with the 30 day challenge. And that's where they soak every day for 30 days, because we want to saturate those red blood cells and get enough coming in and then back off of your soaking. Don't soak that often after that. And depending on your lifestyle choices, if you've got high stress levels, you may want to soak twice a week. If everything going good, you may want to soak once a week. If you drink soda, you may want to soak three times a week. So just depending on your choices, usually between one and three soaks a week will help maintain you. But that if they text that mag 30 to 474747, it will send them one text a day just with a little bit of information about magnesium to help keep them reminded, hey, I'm doing that 30 day challenge and I need to soak in magnesium today. Got it. So I'm just curious about the sodas. Is it the sugar or the carbonation that causes the problem? Both. Sugar more than the carbonation, but the carbonation also, and it strips those magnesium levels. And so if you are a soda drinker, which I was a diet cocaholic for way too many years. But if you are a soda drinker, we need to take that into account as you discover your personal magnesium burn rate. And if you are a soda drinker, then you do need to soak a little bit more to offset I can't tell you though, how many people will come back and say, Kristen, I have craved soda every day of my life and getting the magnesium in and getting my numbers up. I don't crave it anymore. So as you balance those minerals, and that doesn't happen the first soak, that definitely, you know, as you soak in the magnesium and have a while that your numbers are up, but as those, as those minerals become balanced, your cravings for things that aren't good for your body go away. It's amazing to watch. Oh, wow. That, that, that's a diet plan there. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much easier is it? Because, you know, this is where we become disconnected in that we know we need to eat more vegetables. We know that. How many vegetables did, did we eat yesterday? And this is where we have a disconnect because even though we know that we're still out there searching for that thing that's going to help us get healthy, when in actuality, we're not applying and taking action on the things that we know. And, and literally it's, it's one of those pinch me, my life is real moments when I get to be with someone else who's making connections on their journey of creating better help. And they'll be like, Kristen, my cravings are, are, have gone down. I'm not craving that glass of wine at night, or I'm not craving that sugar, or that bag of chips. And it's because they're balancing their minerals and it makes it so much easier to make better food choices when you have balanced minerals. So it really is a great food plan too. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> so just um, ask a personal question. Yeah. What gives you the most ha happiness and fulfillment in your life at this point? Hmm. In my family or my business? Either one. Awesome. Either. Okay, let's do both. I can't choose. <laughs> so we just got back from being with grandkids and it's connected into what I do in my business. And my dream and my goal has been as they, as my grandkids get older, my oldest is nine. 
that I can keep up with them and play and climb trees and dive and jump and be on my knees and play trains because I haven't always had that in my life. Mm -hmm. And when we were, we were in a lazy river and we were diving under this mermaid water and we were playing tag with two of my grandkids and my oldest granddaughter turned back at me and she goes, you know, grandma, I really like having a grandma that's willing to chase me and get her hair wet. And I had one of those moments of incredible gratitude because I haven't always had that in my life and being able to be active with her and connect with her and play and, and have that ability for my knees to run and to swim and to be that grandma that gets her hair wet and plays. And the hugest part of that comes back to my business because I have that because I've built a strong foundation with magnesium. Now it's not the only thing I do, but it's the kickstart process to everything I do. And so being in that moment of true connection and loving on the people that are in my space and feeling that connection is my happy place. I just, I love that. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today and, and sharing magnesium with us. I, I had no idea I, this even existed. So thank oh, you. I'm so glad that you soaked in magnesium and got a little <laughs> taste of that deep relaxation that happens. Yes, it was wonderful. So one last question before we get okay. off. What's your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? take action on what you learn. I think we're in a a time period that there is, you know, so many podcasts we can listen to and books we can listen to and blogs that we can read. And there's so much information all around us. And I see that that level of information can actually be disempowering in that we just learn more and we learn more and we get another dopamine hit and we learn some more and we learn some more and we learn some more, but it's stopping and taking action on what we learned. And so anytime I listen to a podcast and I'm so grateful to those of you that take the time and set up the whole podcast so that we can benefit from your wisdom and the people that you bring on. I love podcasts. I always make sure I take something from that podcast and I apply it and take action on it. I think it's crucial that we take action and don't just skim all of that information, but we're internalizing it and actually improving our life instead of just jumping to the next thing. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. Oh, thank you for having me on. I loved it. Thank you for your podcast and for the knowledge and the information that you share with people. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, Bye-bye.